and I uh, hope you have a uh, worksheet. Amen. This is, uh, we've got half of it done last time, and Lord willing, we can finish up uh, the rest tonight. <clears throat> and uh, still just in the, uh, the beginning stages of this series on keys to understanding biblical prophecy, and uh, I hope, again, I've, I've mentioned this so many times, I, I never want um, teaching to be boring or just dry, um, but this, is, this kind of stuff is just so foundational um, that it can, it's, you know, uh, when it comes to theology, it's almost like the times tables of theology, you know? Two times two is four. Two times three is six. Remember when we used to do that, amen? And uh, but what, once you get that down, yeah. math is easy after that, amen? And I feel like once you get these keys down, prophecy and, and the truths of the Bible, they're still divine, but they unlock a little easier, amen? And uh, so we're in this key, we, we looked at, Obviously, the key of interpretation, uh, and then uh, that was five lessons, and then the last two have been the key of Jesus Christ here. So if you're looking at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, let's just go ahead and remain seated, uh, but we just have one verse here, and I know you know it, really two verses, it's 6 and 7. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. These are no average verses, ladies and gentlemen. These are important prophetic verses uh, which tell us a lot about the Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, I believe we got through uh, a a and B. So I'm going to kind of go quickly through those. If you uh, didn't get through those, just kind of uh, follow along. So as we move through the key of Jesus Christ, we see multitudes of prophecies relating to, so we have Roman number number one, the first coming of Jesus Christ. It is sometimes called his first advent. If you've ever heard somebody use the term advent season, amen. And uh, many times they're referring to Christmas season. Uh, so uh, A, we have the lineage of Jesus Christ. There are prophecies concerning his lineage. He <clears throat> is the first prophecy regarding his lineage was that he would be the seed of the woman. And we know, we talked about this, I'll not linger long here, but the woman does not have the seed. The man has the seed. Amen. And uh, this is a, a veiled reference toward the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. Amen. Which we'll uh, talk about as we go forward. So, But part of his lineage, he would be the seed of the woman. He would be the blessing of Abraham. Uh, we talked about, it. we looked at uh, Genesis chapter 12 and then Matthew chapter 1 and how through Abraham God would bless all nations. Well, how did he do that? Jesus Christ, born in the line of Abraham. So uh, then, of course, obviously, he's the line of not only Abraham, but the line of Isaac. Genesis chapter 17, verse 19. D, the line of Jacob. Okay. 
And then also the Lion of Judah. Remember in the uh, book of Revelation, he is called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. This is all talking about his lineage. Amen. And by the way, isn't it wonderful that he is not ashamed to associate with us? You, you want to you be blessed. You ought to, and again, it's what I, I just, every once in a while, I, I've preached on uh, passages that kind of, uh, maybe just don't get preached on very much, but you ought to read Matthew 1 through 16. A lot of you probably read it a week ago when we started our Bible reading. You say, what's that? Well, Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas and his brethren, and Judas begat... And, and we just blow through that. But I'll tell you what, here's the wonderful thing about that. Jesus Christ loves sinners, and he is not afraid and not ashamed to be identified with sinners. All of those people are sinners. Every, and by the way, you read about some of them and you read about some bad sinners. Manasseh is in the line of Christ. Awful. I mean, just, and you know, all it tells us is about the grace of God. How gracious our Savior is. And he's not ashamed to be in that lineage. So, A, the lineage of Jesus Christ. And then, B, uh, we got to these, uh, we looked at the offices of Jesus Christ. The prophecies regarding the offices of Jesus Christ. He would be, uh, small a there, a prophet like Moses. A prophet like Moses. Matter of fact, it would say later, I believe it's in the book of John, Art, art he, aren't you that prophet that should come? It's exactly what they were referring back to was that uh, prophecy there in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 15 through 18. So a prophet like Moses, a king like David. A king like David. Again, we read Isaiah uh, chapter 9, verse 7. <clears throat> it says, Of the increase of his government and peace there shall, not, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David. It would say that in Luke chapter 1, when Jesus would take the throne of David. Amen. Uh, he would be called. Uh, they, they certainly is not this the son of David, they would say, after Jesus had performed great miracles. So a king like David, a prophet like Moses, and a priest like Melchizedek. Interesting uh, character Melchizedek is, and he, he just comes on the scene there in, uh, I believe it's Genesis chapter 14, could be 13, but right at the end uh, there, and he's a, he's a priest, and uh, it talks about him in the book of Hebrews as well, and, uh, so, and, and that's why we see Jesus, his offices are prophet and priest and king, amen? So the first coming of Jesus, the lineage, the offices, and then see the birth, the birth of Jesus Christ. We're talking about prophecies relating to his first coming. Now, we know these. We know these two, but now we're going to find out who knows their Bible. When, when the pastor says, turn to Micah, and then all of a sudden you hear for, sounds like the, the, the wind rustling in the fall, amen? Uh, turn to Micah, minor prophets, amen? You get after those big ones, amen? You got Isaiah, Jeremiah. Lamentations, Ezekiel. I turned right to it. Can you believe that? Amen. And uh, it was an accident. It's right after Jonah. Amen. Jonah, Micah. And uh, Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. And again, we know this. Uh, this is what we would call a Christmas passage. 
Christmas passage. It's a, a passage that we think about as we sing the song, O Little Town of Bethlehem. Amen. Now, we're not singing it now because it's January. Right, Miss Desiree? We don't sing Christmas songs in January. Amen. Oh, she's giving me the eye. I'm getting the eye right now. My wife is giving me that eye, too. She said, we were gone for 12 days. You know, we get 12 extra days, and I'm not biting on that. Uh, Micah 5, 2, look at it here. It says, but thou, what? Bethlehem Ephratah. Now, there was more than one Bethlehem. So it's specific here. Bethlehem, Ephratah, Judah. Uh, Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel. So this is a prophecy. Whose goings forth have been of old from when? By the way, that's a... Again, there's just there's so much in these verses. That's a reference to the deity of Jesus Christ. Only God is everlasting. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So here we have, uh, in regards to the place of Bethlehem, A, the place of Bethlehem, that was a prophecy regarding the birth of Jesus Christ. It was the where he would be born. But then also, if you go back, take a left turn there, and look at Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 7, again, another uh, Christmas verse, we would say. It's obviously not just a Christmas verse, but we certainly uh, hone in on them uh, around uh, December in particular. Uh, we have there Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. It says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a what? Virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Again, another reference to the deity or the fact that when you hear somebody say the deity of Christ, that means Jesus Christ is God. Why? Because Emmanuel means God with us. God with us. And here, uh, we not only have the place of Bethlehem, but we have the sign of a virgin. That is so important. You may be new to Christianity. You may be new uh, to the faith. The virgin birth of Jesus Christ is a fundamental of the faith. It's something that I remember when I first got saved. Brother Cole, I didn't know all about it. But the, the longer I'm saved, I, I know this. I didn't know about the virgin birth. But as soon as I learned about it, I would never deny it. Never. Never, amen, because it is the absolute key to our salvation. Why? Because if Jesus was not virgin born, he would be a sinner just like you and me. But because he was virgin born, he didn't inherit a sin nature from his father Adam like the rest of us, amen, and he could be the sinless substitute to God be the glory, amen. So uh, the birth of Jesus Christ, the place of Bethlehem, the sign of a virgin. Um, Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3, another prophecy regarding his first coming here. So Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament. And I'm marching you all over the scriptures here. Normally it's only right turns, amen, but you got to take left turn, right turn, U-turn, amen, here a turn, there a turn, everywhere a turn, turn. Malachi chapter 3, 
Verse 1, here's a prophetic verse. It says, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come into his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Now the sister verse to that is in the book of Isaiah, and uh, it's in chapter 40, uh, and if you know your Handel's Messiah, you probably know Isaiah uh, chapter 40, but verse 3 says, The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. This had to do with the uh, D there, the forerunner of Jesus Christ. Now, we it's a Wednesday night crowd, I think I could ask this question. How many of you know who that is? The forerunner of Jesus Christ. That's who? John the Baptist. Amen. And he would quote these verses. I'm a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Amen. So again, these are prophecies regarding the first coming of Jesus that would be fulfilled. Okay? So uh, the forerunner of Jesus Christ. E, Isaiah chapter 61. I'm told that the great 20th century preacher Billy Sunday who was a tremendous preacher, every time he preached, he opened his Bible to this text. And most of what he quoted was from memory when he would preach. But he always opened his Bible to this text, which is Isaiah 61.1. And uh, again, it says here, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, praise God for that, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. You say, what is that? That is the ministry of Jesus Christ. The ministry of Jesus Christ. Jesus would quote these verses in Luke chapter 4 as he stood up in the synagogue and read from this. And remember he sat down and everybody's eyes were fastened on him. That's what he was going to do for the next three and a half years after he quoted that verse, the ministry of Jesus Christ. Okay, how about Zechariah? So you're there in Isaiah, take a right turn and go almost to the end of the Old Testament. If you hit Malachi, you went too far. Zechariah Zechariah chapter 9. Zechariah chapter 9. And we'll stay there for the next one there in Zechariah, and I'll read the verse in Psalms, because uh, we're, we're right there, amen. But Zechariah chapter 9, Zechariah chapter 9, and look at verse number 9. Again, this is a familiar passage for those that know your Bible, maybe around Easter time. Uh, it says there, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. So what is this? This is what we call the triumphal entry of Jesus Christ. When he would come into Jerusalem and he would fulfill this prophecy to the letter. To the letter, okay? Having to do with when he was here the first time. Um, how about this one? I'll read uh, Psalm uh, 41, verse 9. You turn over to Zechariah 11, 12. But Psalm 40, 
41 verse 9, it says here, Yea, mine own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. If you look at Zechariah 11.12, it says, And I said uh, unto them, If ye think good, give me my price, and if not, forbear. So they weighed for my price how much? 30 pieces of silver. What is that? That's what we call the betrayal of Jesus Christ by Judas. That would be by Judas Iscariot. But it is prophesied in minute detail here in the Old Testament. Not only in, uh, in Jesus would quote uh, from uh, uh, Psalm 41 verse 9, but there also the exact amount of the silver. Exact amount. Amen? And by the way, what, what do you get through all this, Pastor? I get the fact that you can trust God and you can trust this book. You can trust this book. So, uh, the betrayal of Jesus Christ. And then H, the atoning death of Jesus Christ. We don't have time. I hope you will. You're still in Zechariah there. I hope you'll read Isaiah 53, verses 1 through 12. I've said this before. There are 12 verses in there, and there are 12 mentions of the substitutionary death of Christ in Isaiah 53, verses 1 through 12. He was, uh, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes we are healed. Amen. Those are all references to the substitutionary death of Christ. But uh, we have ABC and then we'll get to either. So uh, about his atoning death, Zechariah 12 verse 10. So we're, we're in Zechariah still. Zechariah 12.10. What do we see here? Something very, very important that would be fulfilled in detail. It says, And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplications, and they shall look upon me whom they have what? Pierced. So what is this? He would be pierced. A. He would be pierced. And we know he was. His hands, his side... Amen. He would be pierced. Okay. Secondly, uh, to Isaiah 53. Isaiah chapter 53. We have two here in Isaiah 53, B and C. We'll finish up here. Isaiah chapter 53. My favorite chapter of the Bible. I mention I read it every time we observe the Lord's table. In verse 7. We learned something about him. He would, in his atoning death, the atoning death of Jesus Christ, that was his first coming, he would be pierced. And secondly, according to verse 7, it says, And he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as the lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shears is, is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He, was, he would be pierced, he would be silent. He would be silent. He could have called... 10,000 angels, but he died alone for you and me. He could have, but he was silent. And you know why he was silent? Fulfill the scriptures. Fulfill the scriptures. And then not only would he be pierced, he'd be silent. Uh, verse 12 tells us something as well in Isaiah 53. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors. 
and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. He would die with sinners. Transgressors. One on each side. Amen? And then lastly, in Psalm chapter 16, so uh, prophecies regarding the first coming of Christ, the lineage of Jesus Christ, the offices of Jesus Christ, the birth of Jesus Christ, the forerunner of Jesus Christ, the ministry of Jesus Christ, the triumphal entry of Jesus Christ, the betrayal of Jesus Christ, the atoning death of Jesus Christ, and glory to God, Psalm chapter 16, look at it there with me. Psalm 16, verse 10. It says, For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine Holy One to see corruption. You say, what's that a prophecy of, Pastor? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. He wouldn't be left there. Oh, he did definitely descend into the lower parts of the earth, amen. But he didn't stay in the grave. He was there three days and God called him out. To God be the glory. Amen. So uh, that's just, we're talking about the key of Jesus Christ. And in our next lesson, we'll look at, uh, and by the way, we don't have time to look at all of them, but we'll begin to, that Roman number number two, uh, if Roman number number one is the first coming of Jesus, number two is the second coming of Jesus. And there's, boy, uh, you talk about your pastor getting stuck. I've got to make sure I don't get stuck because there's enough prophecies there to keep us busy till he does return. Amen. So let's say, Father, we love you.